Hi, this is Tyler with Marvel Universe Live, Age of Heroes. It's time for the Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast with Gary the Arena Guy and Dave Redelberger. Take it away, guys. All right, Dave, welcome to the sixth Backstage Pass podcast. Are we at number six already? I can't believe we're at six already. Lucky number six, that's what they say, right? <laughs> yeah, lucky number six. Yeah, and that was Tyler Hubbard. He's one of the actors in Marvel Universe Live that was here. And wasn't that an incredible show? You know, it, it's great but neat to see that show from when they first got the idea for doing it uh, to the, uh, the you know, the, the first production of it. A lot of us went and traveled to see sneak previews of it in other cities, so we knew it was coming to what it was the first year when it was uh, at Nationwide Arena, to what it's become now. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, with, with this this last time with Groot, and, and it's still the moment when the Hulk comes out, right? Uh, you know, it, it's the kids go nuts. It's, it's so much fun. It was fun to see the kids respond when their favorite uh, heroes yes, right. uh, came out, especially the Hulk. But there are a whole bunch of other ones, Black Panther and and all, all the all the all the stars of the Marvel universe, it was Captain really America, they were yeah. all there, man. It was a lot of it was yeah. a, it's a lot of fun. Plus, a couple they haven't even done movies about yet, which is neat for the for the comic book nerds and us. So. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of fun, this podcast is going to be fun today. Oh yeah, we got some good stuff coming up. Uh, we'll talk about some recent recent concert announcements uh, that we recently have made. So excited about those, and we'll chat about some upcoming events and give you an idea of what's coming up at the Schottenstein Center Nationwide Arena. We'll talk to one of the performers from Cirque du Soleil Crystal, performing at Nationwide Arena, <laughs> Arena <laughs> January 23rd through the 27th. We'll get a first look at that show. And our special guest today is a huge music fan and a WWE fan. He's one of the producers for Good Day Columbus. Stuart Osborne will join us in just a little bit. And we'll talk about the current hit movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, and we'll share our list for the best rock movies ever. Uh, and uh, that's all coming up, and that's going to be a lot of fun. That, those kind of lists are so much fun to talk about and, and even debate. Yeah, you know, I had a lot of fun with uh, with the lists and 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 when we were putting together our list of the top movie. And I no spoilers, right? No spoilers. But I had a really hard time. In fact, in my list, if you look at it, the one I brought here into the studio today, it is. It's I, I had some last minute scribbles and and stuff <laughs> I knocked out because uh, there's just so many uh, great potential options uh, and, and great stuff. But you know. It, you know, we'll talk about Bohemian Rhapsody here in a few, but uh, surprised to see it win the uh, the Golden Globe. And there's, there's been so many movies. It's it's you know it's great movie going season right now. Don't even get me started on the Golden Globes. Why'd oh. you bring that up? You know, it was it, what, a, what a weird <laughs> weird night. I mean, I, I I watch. I've been watching award shows as long as I can remember. Right. right. Whether it was the Emmy, when, you know, when there used to be like three, right? It was or you know three or four. There were the Tonys, the Emmys, the Grammys, and. The Oscars and the Golden Globes kind of snuck in there occasionally. Kind American of American Music Awards a little bit. The American Music Awards, you know, uh, and that was pretty much it. Now everybody's got an award show. There's an award show every 20 minutes. Just had the Critics Awards show last week, but the Golden Globes. It's supposed to be an idea of what <laughs> will be nominated for the Academy Award. And do you know how many people vote for those things? The Golden Globes? 90 people. 90 people, really? 90 people, foreign press. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Yeah. And 90 people. There's a foreign press who works in the United States covering the, the film industry and, and, and TV industry. It looks like a party that I would love to be at, right? I know. But 90 people. We could gather 90 people and come up with totally different results. Who does the categories? That's what well, I want to know because that's, that's, that's the big joke. We both saw Vice, which oh, yeah, is right. one of the great movies of the year. It's in the comedy category. Now, I don't get that. I understand the the sarcasm had humor in it. There were comedic moments. There were moments I laughed out loud, but it was not. It's not a comedy. comedy. And a few years ago, remember, they put the movie, the Matt Damon movie, The Martian, in the comedy category? Yes, right, yeah. And even Christian Bale, he won for Best uh, Comedic Actor, and he said, 
comedy category. Yeah, right. Just and like then, Matt Damon did too. And then A Star Is Born was like a drama, but wasn't that more wasn't that more of a musical than Vice was a comedy? And and Bohemian Rhapsody as well. I, yes. I kind of feel like that was uh, uh, could go in the music category too. So I, I don't I don't know the Golden Globes. We could debate that all day long. So, any other good movies you've seen recently? Uh, well, yeah. So, uh, I think my favorite movie of the year, and, and next month we're going to focus more on movies okay. because it's Academy Awards at the end of February. Sure. But I think the best movie I saw all year was Green Book. Really? Yes. And I haven't uh, seen that, so. The actors deserve all their nominations and, and wins. Um, it's really probably the most incredible movie I've seen all year. It's based on the real-life story of jazz great Don Shirley and his unlikely friendship with uh, a guy that became his driver and bodyguard, especially when they tour the Deep South in the in the 60s. And that and did 70s. win Best... Uh, it, won, it won something at the... Uh, it, won, yeah. was it, it was also in a, it was comedy, a comedy category. It? it is not a comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This gets me worked up. <laughs> this really does get me worked up because I'm a movie buff, and... Uh, you know, again, there are comedic moments, but you take any drama and there's some comic relief yeah. and all them. You don't call them comedies. It's uh, it's, it's an excellent movie, though. I highly recommend it. I don't, I don't know if, uh, well, I think it's good for the whole family. I think it would be fine, but. Uh, I do want to check that out because I've heard such good things. One of the things that I've been doing recently is this whole new thing, which is uh, uh, when, you know, there have always been, I guess, direct-to-TV movies, right? But now there are these movies that feel cinematic. They feel like they could have been movie releases, that they're going straight to straight to Netflix, right? So, like Bird Box, uh, right. when that came out over the, over the holidays, you know, uh, my son and I uh, sat down and watched that and, and uh, uh, you know, and then even blindfolded ourselves and stumbled around the house doing the Bird Box challenge, <laughs> right? And, uh, and then Bandersnatch, which was also really cool. This was uh, uh, something that you you wouldn't very different from a movie experience, but it was a one where you could choose your own adventure. Right, and so like you know you get to pick you know uh, you know which type of uh, one of the first things you get to pick. Do I listen to a uh, like a greatest hits album or do I listen to the new Thompson t- Twins cassette? And depending <laughs> on which button you press, he puts in the Thompson Twins cassette, and Thompson Twins start playing "Hold Me Now" or "Doctor Doctor" whatever it was, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, and and it was just it's so much fun. It was I actually went back and watched it a couple times. Just a neat. The movie itself was all right, but the way it played out was kind of cool and and just very cool to see the different stuff that they're they're doing with movies these days. But but I, yes. I, I tried watching Bird Box, but uh, I only could hear it. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I put the blindfold on too early. <laughs> you must have. Not surprised. Um, let's uh, before we uh, talk about Cirque du Soleil. We're, uh, We'll talk to one of the stars of the show, Crystal. Um, let's mention a few of the shows that we announced recently. And, and there are three really big ones. Justin Timberlake is back. And what's really unique about this is that he's back with the same tour. We got him very early in the tour. Yeah. And now as he kind of comes back to conclude, he's the, back. Yeah, the Man of the Woods tour, right? So this is something that's very cool. It's coming up March 31st at, at Nationwide Arena. And Justin was here for the last show. And, of course... You know, full house at Nationwide Arena, and always the question is, well, you know, when do I have to, when can I go, and do I have to travel to another city? And so, one of the neat things that we work on sometimes is we always say, hey, come on back, don't don't be shy, Columbus. We know Columbus is a great concert market. Come on back, come see us again, and uh, uh, to get it on the uh, on the same tour is pretty rare, right? Sometimes we can get a second night, uh, you know, in this like we're doing Twenty One Pilots uh, later this summer, or Ed Sheeran or, last or year. Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift, and and to, so this is but. Uh, you know, come back on the same tour a couple months later. This is pretty cool. And for the people that were there, 
they're they're coming back for sure, right? But people who missed it, uh, it was a great show. They're, I mean, they're, they are coming back. Billboard called it one of the best live shows of 2018, and I totally agree. Uh, you know, they have the bar on the floor. Yep. You've got uh, the campfire setting. Yep. And the, and the, the walk through the woods. Very unique stage. And, yeah, and the way that Justin just came out with his dancers onto the floor of the arena in this little dance area and just kind of made a dance party the floor of the arena. What a, what a great time that was. I kind of joked that his uh, wardrobe budget, wasn't very high because he could go to Walmart and wear that because he was just wearing <laughs> a flannel shirt and his jeans and that was it because he was a man of the woods, and uh, but the show was phenomenal and when he went into uh, uh, his big hit from Trolls, uh, can't can't fight the f- can't stop the feeling can't stop, can't stop the, the feeling. feeling the crowd went nuts. Yeah, that was a, a big moment, and that was a, a lot of fun. So definitely looking forward. I ju- you just gave me an idea, though, okay. of, like, I'm, I might try to find, like, a uh, – what if I can customize, like, a flannel shirt to give to him <laughs> with, like, a Blue Jackets or Nationwide logo there or you something, go. you know, when he comes to town. So Because he's already received we, – we often give Dave – does uh, we give the artist a gift and usually it's a, a robe yeah he did the, a robe and we did the, the man star- of the woods jersey when he was here last time the stars really love because they don't get those but the flannel shirt yeah the flannel that shirt could be fun i think we need to get them for the whole staff i think we, you and i need them too gq calls him one of the greatest entertainers of all time his uh, band the tennessee kids instrumentalists and dancers they're truly fantastic so that's that's going to be great we also announced a member of the country music hall of fame a true legend Sold 80 million records, 66 charted singles. Can you believe that? And of those 66 charted singles, 35 have gone number one. Wow. Unbelievable. We're talking about Alan Jackson. You know, and I'm going to be honest with you about this one. Alan Jackson in 2019, right? And you kind of go, what, you know, it's the game we play every day. What, what is this going to sell? This has been uh, one of the big surprises for us is this thing is is chugging along, selling some great tickets to the show uh, May 10th here at the Schottenstein Center. And uh, people are excited about this. It really are. I mean, and look at his, uh, his catalog. 16 studio albums, three greatest hits albums, two Christmas albums, two gospel, a bunch of cons- compilations. He's won two Grammys, 16 CMA Awards, 17 ACM Awards, member of the Grand Ole Opry, and uh, just truly one of the great live entertainers. And when um, I, I think in my career, presented Alan Jackson maybe four or five times, one of the great moments, and I don't know if he'll do this on this tour, he's, he's got a song called Where I Come From. And he would send somebody out with a video camera into the community that he was playing, into the market, and videotape some of the highlights and play it on the big video screen during the song. And when there's a recognizable uh, site... The crowd. Oh yeah, going sure. Nuts. I mean that that the, that was one of those songs where you didn't really hear the words too much because people were applauding what they saw on the video screen. So Alan Jackson coming up at the shot on May 10th, and uh, JoJo Siwa. Oh, the show, this show, JoJo Siwa. Either you know who she is or you don't. And if you know who she is, you've already bought tickets for the show. Yeah. So let's leave it at that. Because when we bring our guest, Stuart Osborne, on, okay. he probably can talk more <laughs> about JoJo Siwa than you and I can, and we're promoting it, but he lives it. His daughter is a huge JoJo Siwa fan, and will be here with a bunch of her friends. So we'll hear a little bit more of what JoJo Siwa is about. So we'll do that coming up. Yeah, we've also had you know had some other great shows here recently too. You know with, with you know with TSO and the Globetrotters and WWE. It's always so much fun when the when the when the Globies come to town and and see those kids on the floor and, and TSO the big annual holiday tradition and and WWE. Can I tell you one of my favorite backstage yeah. moments from WWE is uh, Stewart? Want to hear this? He's a big uh, wrestling fan. Yeah. So uh, uh, I was walking backstage and you know and and again it's that thing that we always do right. 
we've been in this business. We've met everybody. We've talked to everybody, right? And we're, <laughs> we're, we're jaded and, and cold to everybody. But secretly, we're, we're all fanboys, which is why we're in the business, right? So I'm walking backstage at WWE, and there is Ronda Rousey, right? Oh. New, new to the WWE. And uh, one of the other uh, female wrestlers. A very, uh, very muscly woman who looks like she could, you know, twice my size, right? And she and Rhonda are just, just the two of them standing on their own in the backstage area at Nationwide Arena, just working through their whole match, right? I mean, what, what that might happen, right? I don't give right. anything away. WWE is <laughs> fake, okay? I, I ruined it for everybody. Oh, come but, on! But they are super athletes, right? Oh, they have just to be. To, just to see them preparing for it and to see Rhonda doing that because she cares about it, right? It's important for them to, to do it and and put out the great product, right? And so uh, to walk by and see that happening and then pretend like you're not watching it is always the challenge, right? Super, very, very cool moment. So and WWE is just uh, one of the one of the best shows when it comes down. Well, I'm sure we'll talk to Stu about it more, yeah. but but it is it's always a, a fan favorite. A favorite of ours at the arena too. It really is, and uh, what a, what a great show that was uh, on uh, what the, the shortly after Christmas. Yeah, it was right at, right after Christmas, twenty sixth or twenty seventh, yeah. uh, uh, and then you know Globies was there too. Uh, again, my my ten year old was very adamant this year. He'd figured it out that maybe again the fix was in for the Globies to win, but nevertheless, man, at the end when the power went out. And I say that with air quotes if you can't see my hands, right? When the power went out and they had to reset the scoreboard and the Washington Generals had a four-point lead, I saw him sweating, man. He was worried this was going to be the time yep. the Globetrotters lost. <laughs> no, you know that. And I've, I've uh, the arena guy has talked to a few Globetrotters about this in the past. You know, they goof around a lot, and they, they actually are very great athletes. But it's all about the fun, too. But at the end of the game... If it's close, they step it up. Oh, and yeah, it's for pure sure. pure basketball. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And uh, they have lost before, but it doesn't happen very often. Hey, so. uh, speaking of great shows, uh, Cirque du Soleil, uh, yes. come back with, with, with Crystal. Everybody always wants to call it Crystal. I wonder why. Right? Maybe because no, uh, Cirque du Soleil is a little artsy. Maybe they thought the name would be. Yeah, nobody ever says Crystal Gale. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Crystal, and Crystal though. is a character in the show. It yeah. is a female character in the show, yeah, so it's, it's a name. It's their first show in ICE, and it's getting phenomenal reviews. We're going to get an advanced look at Cirque du Soleil's Crystal when the arena guy talks to one of the stars, uh, show one of the show's stars. Uh, that's coming up uh, here next on Arena Guy's Backstage Pass podcast. Having sold more than 100 million records worldwide, the iconic Share returns. Here we go again to her 2019, performing hits spanning her entire career. Nationwide Arena, February 10th, featuring special guests Niall Rogers and Sheik. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. The album Dancing Queen is available everywhere now. For more, visit Share.com. I'm a little bit holy water. Dirk Bentley. Burning Man. burning Man Tour 2019. Friday, March 29th, Nationwide Arena. And he's bringing along special guests. John Party. Tennille Towns. And Hot Country Nights. Dirk's Bentley, live in concert. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com. You're listening to the Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast with me, Gary the Arena Guy, and Dave Ruttleberger. We're very excited to be hosting Cirque du Soleil Crystal, January 23rd through the 27th at Nationwide Arena. And joining me to tell us all about this latest Cirque production is Mary Siegel, who performs in the show, and publicist Julie DeMarie. And uh, Mary, it is so great to talk to you. It's good to talk to you, too. 
Um, and uh, you play Crystal's Reflection. That's right. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, so what's really cool is that while this may not be an exact homecoming for you, it's it's pretty close. You're from Cincinnati. Are you excited to be coming back to your home state? I really am. You know, it's 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 that Midwestern feel that I look forward to. You know, and Ohioans, we're all fairly the same, even though we have different sports backgrounds, you know. Yeah, yeah. Will you have family or friends coming to see you in the show since you're so close? I will, yeah. I mean, we just we were just in Cincinnati, and everyone's looking forward to coming up and seeing it again. So, you know, must be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's one of the things I found with all the search shows uh, uh, is that people love seeing the shows multiple times. Um, how long have you been involved with Cirque du Soleil? I've been involved for about a year and a half now. I did the three-and-a-half-month creation period in Montreal, and we've been on tour for about over a year now. Yeah, that's fantastic. So how, how, do you, how does one get involved in Cirque du Soleil? I mean, it, the, the talent is just unbelievable. Is it, There's got to be a training and an audition process. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone has a different background, obviously, and a different story on how they got here. But, you know, um, I can speak for the skaters. Most of us had competitive backgrounds. Um, and then with the acrobats, they also came from some kind of acro sport competition or they even went to like a circus school of some sort. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the audition process, you know, it's fairly similar to every other show I've been on where I just I send my resume and all my videos and Hopefully they like what they see, and you know. Hopefully I hear back, and obviously I did with Cirque. So that had to be really incredible with the the reviews of the show and the reputation of of the the, the Cirque organization for you to be uh, a part of it had to be really rewarding and exciting. Oh my gosh, it's the most rewarding experience I've ever had. It's it's incredible. Yeah. So first off, well, what can you tell us about uh, Crystal's storyline? Um, so first of all, Crystal is obviously the name of the show, but it's the main character in the show. And she just doesn't fit in with her life. She's struggling to like find her voice and find who she is. So it's, it's a story of self-discovery really. Um, but she finds herself skating on a pond that she actually falls through. Um, and that's where I come in as, um, Crystal's reflection. And, um, I basically take her on, um, on a journey through my world, which is just a warped sense of reality. Um, and I just kind of show her that life isn't all that scary, and I help her find who she is and help her to fight back to the surface. Yeah, so how? what kind of a challenge was it for you, or is it for you to to perform that role, which basically has a pretty strong message to it every night? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, the challenge really for me is, to like express myself in a way with like through movement and tell the story and like each number you you know you kind of uh like you have you have to have like a certain mindset for each number you're doing individually because you like you don't want to portray like sadness you want to portray like happy you know it's just um it's like it's acting which I've never had to do before um you know and then there's the all you know, all that is Cirque involved in the show. So, you know, there's always so much going on around you and even with what you're doing too. Like, uh, for example, when I first come onto the, onto the scene, I'm actually suspended 30 feet in the air upside down. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So what's really might be rewarding for you is that your role and the role of Crystal really sends a message to a lot of people of all ages. It's really kind of a relatable message, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Like that's one of my favorite things to hear from, you know, the friends that have come to see the show, like friends and family and like just how they were able to relate it with like things that have happened in their own lives and, you know, because everyone has been through an experience like that where they just are, they're just struggling with something and they, they find their way through it. It's it's really empowering. Have you received much feedback from people who have seen the show, maybe kids in particular? Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like sometimes with kids, it the, that kind of a story goes over their heads just a little bit, but definitely with like the parents and the adults, it's some it's something that they are happy that their kids have seen because it does send such a strong message. And I think the fact that there's two like lead female characters is really helpful too because it's something that you don't see a lot. Yeah. Before uh, we say goodbye, if if you had to share one message or one theme of the show. What would that be? It's just to keep going, you know, keep your head up, breathe, like just, just, I don't know, like just keep, just keep going. Really, that's that's the main message because that's what Crystal does. She, she gets literally thrown into a world that she has no part of, but she finds her way to fit in, and she finds her voice, and she finds her way to get back to her herself and who she truly is. And I think that's something that's really important in these days. I totally agree. And then, you know, in addition to the message, uh, certainly uh, people will see incredible ice skating and acrobatics and athleticism and the music and the production is phenomenal. I mean, you put all those pieces together and it's really an incredible show, isn't it? It is. It is. And I'm not just saying that. (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, Mary, it was great uh, talking to you, and I cannot wait to uh, meet you in person when you're in Columbus on January 23rd. Yeah, I look forward to meeting you too, Arena Guy. Yeah, thanks, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for talking to us, and uh, look forward to talking to Julie. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Bye. That's a good show. <laughs> Hello, Arena Guy. Hey, Julie, it's it's great to talk to you, and you're the publicist with the show. I am. Yeah, and I have to tell you, I'm such a fan of Cirque du Soleil, and I always tell people that Cirque is more than a show. It's an experience. Completely. It is um, It is an experience, and with Chris, Crystal, there's no different. Uh, there's a very significant storyline that's really unique that everyone can relate to, but the, the story is also told through um, a, narr- a clear narrative uh, with um show um projections on the ice that actually guides the audience into this journey of crystal without changing their seat and it is it is supported but all the acro- incredible acrobat- acrobatics and skating elements we have in the production yeah and and, and you mentioned the skating uh, this is really a unique production every production is so unique but this is unique in the sense that this is the first search show ever with ice 
It is it is the first experience of Cirque du Soleil on ice, and we really wanted to have both disciplines combined, um, not having just skating or acrobatics, but really have the two worlds collide. And this is very successful where you have all the acrobats that had to learn how to skate and sometimes relearn how to do their um, specialties, either swinging trapeze or juggling with while wearing some skates on, but also for the skaters where they had to learn something new and learn to do acrobatics. Wow. So now you not only have the usual Cirque uh, world-class athletes and acrobats and performers, you now have world-class ice skaters as well. Definitely world-class skaters. Uh, Crystal features 43 cast members. Um, There are 19 skaters in the production that comes from different backgrounds, figure skating, um, extreme skating, along with freestyle. And we have another group of 18 acrobats um, that also comes from the circus world or uh, gymnastics. Wow. And I was just going to ask you that, how many people were involved in the show? So would you say 43 performers? Yes. So I have to mention, too, the musicians. We have three musicians that perform live music and a comic character that brings some comic belief. Um, And then the total of cast and crew is 90 people on the road from 21 different nationalities. Yeah, I was going to ask you about how many different countries, so 21 different nationalities. And I think what's really so awesome about that is that people don't realize it takes that many people, almost 100 people, to put on a production like this. And you certainly can see it in the quality of the production, but it takes a lot more than most people realize. It is, yeah. We have there's the, the artists that we see on the set, but there's a whole group of people that works behind the scenes, either in the technical team or in the artistic team supporting the performance, or just a tour management that helps um, the tour traveling from city to city or um, making sure that everybody's doing all right. So it is a big, a, a big um, adventure. There's a, a lot of people involved, and we we need the help also of local stage ends to help us load in and load out. So. Uh, on on when we arrive in the city, when we build this stage, we'll have approximately 100 people locally that will help us doing uh, help our crew uh, building the stage in about 16 hours. That is phenomenal, and uh, I will be seeing you when you're in Columbus on the 23rd. We'll be producing some video pieces, and we'll be able to show uh, some of the behind the scenes and some of the visual aspects of what makes this show great. And I'll look forward to meeting you then. But before we say goodbye now, share why you think people listening now should not miss the Cirque du Soleil Crystal production when it stops at Nationwide Arena January 23rd through the 27th. It's a unique experience that appeals to every every age group, but it's mainly the strength of real people performing unreal um, skills on the set and being able to accomplish and always give their best. I think there's just so many wows and this production to not miss it. Wow. Well, I certainly am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to meeting you on the 23rd. I can't wait to you in that guy. <laughs> looking forward to meeting you and when all 90-some people involved with the Cir- Cirque du Soleil Crystal arrives at Nationwide Arena. They'll be at uh, Nationwide January 23rd through the 27th. You can get all the show and ticket information you need at nationwidearena.com. And, Julie, thanks again for being with us. Thank you so much, Sierra Erinagai, and we'll see you in Columbus very soon. Looking forward to it. We'll be talking about the hit movie Bohemian Rhapsody and some of the best music movies ever on the Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast with Gary the Arena Guy and Dave Rodenberger.
coming up next. The British Invasion is coming. Queen plus Adam Lambert. The Rhapsody Tour. Brian May, Roger Taylor, plus Adam Lambert, performing rock's greatest anthems. Nationwide Arena, August 13th. Get tickets now at livenation.com. There's more at queenonline.com. Weezer. Pixies. Together, March 19th, Schottenstein Center. Weezer, Pixies. With a special guest. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. Don't miss out. Hi, everybody. This is Olympic gold medalist Nasty Lukin. Be sure to listen to the Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast with Gary, the Arena Guy, and Dave Redelberger. All right. Thank you. And uh, I'm so looking forward to this segment. been looking forward to this ever since uh, we booked our special guest on the show. Stuart Osborne is one of the producers for Good Day Columbus. And also during football season, you produce this, your great show. Yes, The Football Fever. The Football oh, Fever. Oh, man. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know? It's awesome. I mean, you can't even get this guy on the phone during football season. No. Between Good Day Columbus and, and that show. And that is such an awesome show. You have to uh, uh, either be happy football season is over because you're work silly, <laughs> or you have to miss it because the quality of that show is so good. It's both. I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, it, it, it keeps me busy, but as they say, it's a labor of love, and I love doing it. And just wrapped up the sixth season of myself doing it, so it's... Uh, it's been a fun time because, you know, Urban Meyer went 7-0 against Michigan, so that always makes things a little better. We had a good run. A couple of Big Ten titles, national championship. I mean, just, you know, but just about everything you could hope for in, in the last few seasons they've, they've been able to accomplish. You're a big wrestling fan, and uh, we were talking earlier about one of your uh, happiest moments was when Dave here brought uh, <laughs> a, a, a WWE champion to the station. Yes, the face that runs the place, AJ Styles. Uh, he was on he was on before uh, one of their shows uh, several months back and you know, we had him on the show and I went and shook hands with him and we chit-chat for a minute and he was always very uh, first appreciative. Class guy. Very much and and so at the time he was the WWE champion. It was right after he'd won the belt cuz it was kind of a, a surprise thing when he won. And we're sitting there and I was like, uh, I was like, "Can I hold the belt?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "I hold it all the time." So he hands it right over to me and of course I got <laughs> I got the picture, and we were doing the bullet club, you know, the bullet club hand gesture thing, and and uh, so that was kind of cool to, you know, that he was like, you know, yeah, sure, and I've I've had the chance to meet a couple of the champions, you know, since they've been in town, and and I have various photos holding the the twenty pounds of gold, as they say. It's it's, it's a pretty heavy belt. It's not. It's not the plastic belt you find in the Walmart, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is neat when they carry that around. That's got some real weight to it. And, and uh, you know, with, with Mean Gene Okerlund, you know, just passing yeah. away, oh, yeah. right? Uh, I will tell you that uh, I actually uh, go back with wrestling and WWE so far, when it was WWF or yeah, whatever, whatever it was, that I used to go with my, my dad lived in Atlanta. And uh, at that time, and this was like, I'm talking early 80s, right? So I'm dating myself here, but, but it was the early 80s. We used to go down to the TV, WTV, the TBS studios, right? The actual superstation. And you would go in and they would record uh, wrestling 
in a room about the size of the room we were in, which is, you know, uh, kind of a large conference room, right? But it was Andre the Giant. It was Hulk Hogan. It was, it was Mean Gene. There were, you know, uh, so many of those great uh, uh, wrestlers, Junkyard Dog, you know, uh, Iron Sheik. You know, it yeah. was those, those classic WWE wrestlers. And, and so uh, uh, I, I was a big wrestling fan uh, uh, back in those days, and, and it's been amazing to see what the product became. And I used to film so much of it just in that, in that little tiny studio. Oh yeah, and it, it, it's it's they they say it's a global phenomenon. It truly is. I mean, even even you know the live show they had. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Raw, it wasn't SmackDown, it wasn't a pay per view. They were here right after Christmas, and I mean, even for what you know, they used to call them house shows back in the day. But yeah, now sure. They called them live yeah, shows. Yeah, there you go. Well done. But uh, I know. But yeah, so you know, even for that, the the production quality is ramped up with you know full videos and entrances and and pretty pretty good marquee matchups because usually you'd get. You know, a couple of jobbers come in, and you'd have your, you know, your good guys be the good guys, and right. <laughs> but they, you know, they have some legitimate, you know, championship matches again with the air quotes as we alluded to earlier in the show. <laughs> but you know, they put on a good product because they know that those shows are good for fans who probably can't a- afford to pay, you know, to come see the TV tapings and things like that. So yeah. they they do a good job. They, they do cater it right. to the audience. Yeah. You follow all the storylines, don't you? I try to. Yes, I yeah. try to keep up. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff to keep up with. Yes, well, we're heading. You know, we're we're almost to the Royal Rumble, which is the beginning <laughs> of the road to WrestleMania. So it's kind of, you know, WrestleMania is kind of their Super Bowl. So it's it's and kind it, of an exciting time. As soon as we do WWE event, it's it's they're one of the most active crowds on social. We always start getting questions: When are they coming back? And yes, we do have some stuff in the in the works for for 2019. So stay tuned for those details. But as we're talking about what's coming up, let me take you back a little bit. It's a question we like to ask frequently, okay. right? Uh, what was what was your very first concert? The first concert I can remember. This is it, it, it's kind of funny to me. Um, <laughs> it was I, I I was born in Columbus. I grew up mostly in Southern Ohio. But the, the first concert I remember going to was Sammy Kershaw uh. at the <laughs> Adams County Fair in West Union, Ohio. Yeah, okay. there you go. Okay. And that was back when you know, like don't go near the water and just you know all of his old country <laughs> songs from the mid '90s were very yeah. popular and and that just that sticks out to me as as the the first concert I really went to and 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 remember. That's great. Yeah. Mine was Jerry Lee Lewis. What was yours? Uh, Duran Duran. That's right. That's right. We talked yeah. about that a lot. So, uh, you know, you come to a lot of concerts. Uh, mm-hmm. you're a huge music fan. Uh, what are a couple of your favorite concerts that you've seen here at the Shot or Nationwide Arena? Um, I'll start with my my favorite concert at the Shot. Probably there it, there's several of them. Um, Garth Brooks was amazing. I, oh. I brought my wife to that, and that what was a great just, run of shows. Yeah. That was just spectacular. I mean, she always talked about wanting to see Garth, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he kind of has his career resurgence, and seems like he's been on tour around the world for the last several years, and even you know recently played Notre Dame Stadium, and that was that was such a great show because she loved it so much. Um, the, my my favorite one of all time was. Um, part of the tour to Columbus when 21 Pilots was here. Oh, yeah. And that was mainly, my wife and I had seen them a few years back when that was the night that they played here at the shot and Taylor Swift played at Nationwide. Yeah. And I remember Echo Smith opened for 21 Pilots, yeah. and then their lead singer jetted over to Nationwide to be Taylor Swift's special guest. Yeah. And 21 Pilots came out, and they brought Brutus out, and it was a whole big thing. And that was their first, you know, serious, you know, arena show. And then they, you know, of course, they just they exploded with that album and just, you know, you know, it's been nuts. It, it has been, and we're but, looking forward to having them back. By the way, oh sure, so and, and that concert was I had sur- I had surprised my oldest daughter who's thirteen now with tickets, and she had no idea she was going, and you know I kept it a secret from her the whole time, which I hated doing. And so the night of the concert, I was like, well, come run some errands with me. I need to run some errands, and it's like, okay, well, you know, and so we stop and I pump gas and and we just keep driving and driving. And she, you know, was like, well, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I was like, well, there's, you know, there's the shot. And she's still, you know, what, what's going on? I was like, well, that's where 21 Pilots is playing. And she goes, <laughs> are we, 
are we going to 21 Pilots? I was like, yes, we're going to 21 Pilots. And she just, she lost it. And she just, that's great. She had the best time and I did too. And it just, it was such a great show. And was she all stressed out? She was stressed out. Yes, she was stressed (laughs) out. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things I really, I think is really cool that both of you do is that you bring your kids to shows. I do, yeah. That they should see. Um, You you not only did this for, we'll talk about that in a moment, but uh, you not only surprised your kids for, 21 Pilots, mm-hmm. but you also did for Taylor Swift, and the arena guy had a chance to talk to your daughters uh, during that Taylor Swift concert outside Ohio Stadium. Hey, Gary, the arena guy out here at Ohio Stadium, just moments away from the doors opening for tonight's exciting Reputation Stadium Tour concert at the stadium. I've got three very excited fans. My buddy Stuart here. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. And I know you were very excited to bring your daughters here today. Very excited. I I like to surprise them sometimes, and the moment I let them know, they screamed so loud, I thought we'd have to have the police called on us. They were were, were screaming very, very loudly. That's fantastic. And this is Lily, right? Yeah. And so what what was your reaction when your dad said, we're going to see Taylor Swift on Saturday? I was just like, that is going to be so exciting. Um, I'm just going to, like, sing the whole time and probably dance. And dance too? Yeah. What is your favorite Taylor Swift song? Mine is probably Bad Blood. Do you know a couple lines from that song? Yeah. Can you tell me? Baby got bad blood, and you know she got bad luck. You made a really good problem, and now baby we got bad blood. Hey! <laughs> hey, that is awesome. So now what I've envisioned in my head is when she does that song tonight, you sing, but you're doing these big dance moves, too. You're really going to be excited, aren't you? Yeah. Right, we're also with Lainey. Hi. And so tell me your reaction, because I know coming here tonight was a surprise. Oh, yeah. So when you found out you were coming to Ohio Stadium for Taylor Swift, how did you react? Uh, I almost collapsed, actually. I was, <laughs> I was very excited, and um, I'm very excited right now. I'm going to enjoy this a lot. Fantastic. And so I know you're a big Taylor fan. So what is it about Taylor Swift that makes you such a big fan? Um, she's always positive, and her positivity is really, really enlightening, and I really like it. She seems to be an artist that a lot of kids can relate to. Yes, uh, very much so. Me too, as one of them. Yeah. And what's your favorite song? Um, I Knew You Were Trouble, which is one of her older ones. Are, are you telling me that, or is that a song title? That, that's a song title. Yeah, I, 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 br- I briefed her before the interview. <laughs> He knows that I'm trouble. But you know it's a song title. All right, so is that the song you're looking forward to hearing the most tonight? I am. I'm very looking forward to it. All right, guys. I hope you have the most incredible, fun time tonight. Do you think you will? Yeah, I think I will. I think you will, too. And I think everyone's going to be amazed at your singing voice. Yeah, I bet they will. <laughs> have fun, guys. Thank you. All right, the arena guy here at Ohio Stadium. We'll be back with more coming up. So that was really fun That's meeting awesome. your, your girls, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, they weren't afraid of the mic. No, they're not. They they get that from their mother. Their mother was um, in choir. You know, I you know talked about Carol Channing and stuff uh, off uh, you know offline. But uh, my wife was uh, in show choir in high school, and she played uh, Dolly and Hello Dolly. Oh, so oh they, really? They get that from her. I was I was the marching band nerd, so I was you know the one yeah. you know. And sadly, Carol Channing passed away the other day. So that connection mm-hmm. is is still fresh in everyone's minds. So uh, both of you, I mentioned this earlier, uh, bring your kids to shows that you feel like they should see. Yeah. Or, or you introduce them. Dave introduces his boys to the music of the Beatles. Um, 
maybe both of you touch on why you feel like that's important and, and how do your kids react to that? I just I I think exposure to all kinds of music is great. Um, just the, the message that they convey in their lyrics, and and I've kind of learned as as the father of a teenager to to be a little more open in terms of what she listens to, because a lot of times I'm not familiar with certain artists she listens to, but you know I I kind of like to sample it and make sure that it's something that's appropriate for her. And if it's something that connects with her, I mean that's that to me that's what music's about is right. is that connectivity and stuff and. And just you know, thinking about all the concerts I've been to at, at both nationwide and at the shot, just those moments like when one of your favorite songs comes on and you get that rush of cold chill go through your body and I know. and you're singing at the top of your lungs, you know whether your voice is there or not, and you're just you're, you know <laughs> you're, 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 you're 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 having a, a a good time and and that that's that to me is what music is about. No, you're absolutely right, and and that's why you know when I I always look at who are my kids going to regret not having a chance to see, yeah. right? Because there's certain artists that, like, if I could go back in time and see a, see Hendrix play, right, I would love that. So, again, not saying that everybody's a Hendrix, right, but but when the Stones play the stadium, I made sure to take take, take my, my son to them, uh, to see him. And then, you know, uh, Paul McCartney. And then coming up, you know, whether it's, you know, Kiss or, you know, ELO, I feel like, you know, these are people that you may not get a chance to see again. I may not get a chance to see again, but I want them as part of their musical history to have an, an appreciation for the for the music. And uh, uh, you know, we'll talk about you know uh, Bohemian Rhapsody here in a few. But one of the things my son said walking out of the movie, my 16 year old, he said, "I feel bad for my generation that we don't have bands like this. That you know, it's just such a and it's just it was it's, it was a great time in music. And so to be able to appreciate those artists." Uh, you know, when, when when Queen, you know, comes back uh, in August with with Adam Lambert, uh, you know, he wants to be there for that show and he can appreciate that. So that's 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 been my goal as a parent. That's so cool. And that's <laughs> so insightful on his part. And I know you've taken your boys uh, to see the Beach Boys and you played the Beatles music on, yeah, we on saw the McCartney, way to school yeah, sure. and McCartney and all that. That's really cool. You know, oh, yeah. I think that's awesome. So well, one of the, one of the shows that, uh, you know, Dave and I talk about, but <laughs> you are the real expert here of the three of us we're doing jojo siwa who is uh, i mean undoubtedly a superstar she's got a huge fan base and dave and i scratch our heads but you know why well i think just the kids love her i know she started out on the show dance moms which i guess is some reality show somewhere that people watched <laughs> yeah don't don't um, try to act I, like you don't know that show. i mean i know that's where she's from um <laughs> but the, you know then she was able to kind of branch out on her own and i don't know if it was because of you know youtube and and you know she yeah, put right. music videos on youtube and stuff and and then she kind of got picked up and i know she's been on nickelodeon and and you know my my uh, youngest, my seven year old, actually this past Halloween went as JoJo Siwa. Did she really? And she had like a full pink outfit, and she did the side pony, and you know JoJo with the bobo, and, JoJo with the bobo, and, and all that stuff. And, and so <laughs> she, it, wow. it's just it's just a phenomenon. And she watches her videos on YouTube Kids all the time. And and you know we were talking that um, you know there's the show Lip Sync Battle, which you know the the adult versions LL Cool J and Chrissy Teigen. Well then there's a Lip Sync Battle Shorties. Where these younger kids come out and they do, you know, this elaborate lip sync and everything, and it's you know Nick Cannon's hosting, and then um, JoJo Siwa's kind of the hype girl, and the, you know she's getting everyone hyped up, and yeah, she's sure. you know telling That's them how great funny. they are and stuff, and so she just you know making the most, or you know as the kids say, doing the most. She's this, this show is so red hot, right? So you couldn't find a ticket, and, you know, and again on the day we're recording this, you know, uh, just earlier today, you know, we're always looking to find new seats to open up because you know parents. I'm telling you, they're killing me on social with the messages of, I can't get in, right? And and so um, 
uh, we wouldn't try to get everybody in. So we're looking around. We've agreed with the tour to get uh, some extra seats open. Today we put it up there, and they, they're going super fast. So I say that. Be, please follow us on social media because that's where we're going to let you know right away when there are openings for, for tickets and, and, a, and a hot show like this. This is one that, you know, as a father of boys, I have no idea who this is. But, boy, the, the ticket sales and, and the, the bow phenomenon, right? She wears these giant bows mm-hmm. in her hair. That's where you get the bow bow thing sure. from. And that's, that's uh, being the father of two girls. So. And, and your daughter is coming with a whole bunch of friends. I mean, this is not. Uh, oh yeah, this is their squad. They call themselves the the, the the squad, and they're all you know they're all in second grade together, and they're all in Girl Scouts together, and they they do all the activities and stuff. So, so all the girls and the moms are going. So that's that's going to be a mother daughter night. I don't so, have to worry about seeing JoJo with the bobo. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that would be a tolerant night for you. Yes, but uh, <laughs> it will but be for a lot of parents. The the, the girls are just gonna. Just oh yeah, they're yeah they're gonna scream and time. sing. Oh yeah, and that's that, that and that's what it's all about. And they know all the songs and everything. They, yeah, she does. She, I mean, she watches them all the time. Sometimes I'm like, you need to turn that down. I'm I'm trying to watch Impractical Jokers on TV or something. You know? <laughs> Even that's one I've seen three yeah. or four times. Yeah. Don't that's you true. think we have to get the arena guy a big bow for his hair for oh, that absolutely. night for the videos? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my oh, god, a pink shirt and everything. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do it right. That's funny. Hey, speaking of uh, you know things that are huge, uh, we just touched on it. Bohemian Rhapsody has become the most successful rock movie ever at the box office. However, is it is it the best rock movie ever? Uh, we're going to talk with Stuart, our special guest from uh, uh, Good Day Columbus. He's a producer there. Uh, the Rena guy also have our lists. And we will share our list of the best or favorite, I guess, probably more accurate, favorite rock movies ever. That's coming up next. Mumford and Sons, Delta Tour 2018-2019. A groundbreaking new show in the round. The Grammy Award-winning band plays songs from their smash debut album, Sigh No More. Their number one albums, Babel and Wilder Mind, right through to this year's new album, Delta. Mumford & Sons celebrate their return with a massive world tour. March 11th, Nationwide Arena. Tickets on sale now at MumfordAndSons.com. Country's newest superstar, Luke Combs. Beer Never Broke My Heart Tour. Schottenstein Center, Friday, February 22nd. With special guests, Lanco and Jameson Rogers. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. The album This One's For You Too is available everywhere now. There's more at LukeCombs.com. And you can get all the show information you need for the shows at uh, the Schottenstein Center Nationwide Arena and Ohio Stadium. Just go to theschottensteincenter.com and nationwidearena.com. You can also check out the Arena Guy on Facebook and Twitter as well. Real excited to uh, talk about this. Dave and I talk about this kind of stuff all the time. And, and whenever we talk, we kind of cut ourselves off because we say that's going to be a great podcast topic. So we don't want to talk through everything off the air, I guess you'd say. But Bohemian Rhapsody was such a huge hit at the box office, and neither one of us could wait to see it. And it ends up that Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the story of Freddie Mercury and Queen, is the highest-grossing music biopic of all time. The domestic gross, as of January 14, 2019, is, get this, $198,783,000, wow. which isn't bad for a movie with a $52 million production budget. So domestically, uh, about $199 million this movie has made. And, of course, uh, 
they've won a lot of awards as well. It was in production for so long with different people attached to the role. Of, you know, Freddie's a hard person to cast, right? And so uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, I think, was was Which supposed I to be have, the lead for a while. I kind of see it, but I kind of have trouble picturing. I that. don't think he would have. Uh, you know, who knows? He's he, he's done I some know. stuff, but but as as young Freddie might have been uh, uh, more of a stretch. Where uh, Remy uh, just absolutely uh, killed, and it was it was pretty awesome. It really was, and he, he you're right, he totally killed it. He deserves the acting uh, awards that he's won, and he will be nominated for an Oscar and possibly win. Um, he totally seemed to get the Freddie Mercury, what would you say, vibe or yes. whatever, in, in that performance, and it totally believed him the and, whole time. Well, absolutely, I will agree with you. It and wasn't he, Mr. Robot playing and, the role. It and, was... And even the other members of the, of the band, too, whether it was, you know, Brian or, uh, or Roger, or, you know, one of the neat things was, one of the, or one of the hardest things, we're going to talk with, with our special guest here about the best rock movies of all time, but one of the things that's always a challenge, and it, more so you see it in the, in the TV rock movies, yeah. um, is finding somebody with enough charisma to actually be able to pull off because a rock star has got something they they pull you in with it and especially and, Freddie Mercury and especially yeah. Freddie Mercury right so here's the thing about the movie right I, I will tell you that I loved the movie but I'm me too I'm gonna knit oh, well, you know and I know you've got a couple nitpicks too I've got more than a couple but it, it, as a movie I agree it was a phenomenal movie it was a phenomenal movie and um uh, my 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 big my big thing about the movie is um. It kind of, you know, it, it's in in the movie they criticize uh, some of the you know other Queen songs for not being risk taking, right? Right. And this movie played it very safe. It was a very it was a a a biopic that was by the numbers, the band's highlights and how things go, capped off by. Uh, you know, spoiler alert: the band performing at Live Aid, right. and that that last fifteen minutes of the movie was so electric, it really right? Was. That it, you forgave totally. every sin the movie had. Well, kind almost, of. almost. Kind of. All right, what do you got? Well, I I I thought as a film it was phenomenal, like we said, but as a music buff yeah. myself. I just kept rolling my eyes through the movie because the the songs that they showed in the movie or, or performed in the movie were way out of sequence. Absolutely. They would have a hit from the late 80s. Uh, they were performing them, say, in a club when they were starting out. Um, I'm, tr I'm forgetting exactly which song. Yeah, sure. Because I do want to see it again. I, um, I think, uh, the and again, spoiler alert, uh, the movie's been out for so long, I feel like we can talk about well, it. Well, and it's a story of Queen, it's right? So it's Queen. not, we're not, yeah. So Freddie Mercury doesn't see dead people. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> the, the story of the record executive saying Bohemian Rhapsody will never be a hit, that it's too long, all that stuff, that's true. So I loved that. Yes. And I love that some DJ played the song and gave it a shot, um, and that part is true. And and Mike Myers' performance there was it's a little fun. in joke was and hilarious. It, and if you don't know that it's him, it's fun to sit in the crowd uh, and, and watch people say, "Is that? Yeah, you know, yeah. Who is that? They recognize that." But um, the whole Live Aid thing, they said in the movie that the band was broken, had been broken up, and they reunited for Live Aid. The truth is, they they. 
broke up for like a year, and they had been performing for two years prior to right. Live Aid. They had just done a show so a couple months before. <laughs> they did not get together for Live Aid. They had been performing together again. Are you again. telling me that on the morning of Live Aid, Freddie didn't reunite the band, <laughs> find his true uh, last love, yeah. and, and rectify all his life with his parents? That's a heck of a morning. That was a hell of a day, And right? he still had the energy to put on <laughs> what some critics call the greatest live performance ever. And it's hard to argue with that. You know, it was it, incredible. It's, 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 it's what's interesting, and, and just to jump into that for a second, is I remember at the time, I remember that day, July 13th, 1985, being in front of my TV, having never seen Queen live before because yeah. they weren't huge as music videos. Their music videos weren't played a lot in the in, in, on MTV, right? Mm. It just, you know, they had, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't in heavy rotation on MTV. Okay. And when you saw Queen hit the stage and they played Radio Gaga and the crowd did the hand stuff, right? I remember that moment clear as day and just being like, the, knowing in that moment that I was seeing a great performance. Yeah. No, no question. Uh, it was really great. Also, you know, when Freddie supposedly left the band to record a solo album, you know, two of the other members recorded solo albums right, first. Yes. <laughs> and so in the, in the movie, they make it seem like Freddie's breaking up the band to go solo. Not necessarily true. Um, and, you know, there are a few other nitpicky things. Again, as a movie, it was phenomenal. But unfortunately, I have the curse of being such a big music fan yeah. that some of that really bothered me. And let me ask you this. I mean, people should be who they are and be happy with who they are and all that kind of sure. stuff. So Freddie Mercury is famous for his overbite. And he did not want to correct that because he thought it might uh, uh, change his sound. Yeah, right. But I felt like Rami Malek, it was exaggerated to the point that it was more distracting than watching actually Freddie Mercury. See, I, I mean, do you feel that? I know no? you felt that, but I, but I, I tell you what, I went back and I watched I, after this, after the movie, I went back and I watched some, some great uh, video of Queen, the, the yeah. uh, uh, Queen Rock Montreal, and some, uh, some, some other concert footage uh, stuff. It wasn't that far off. Okay. It wasn't that right. far off. I do need to see it again. I've seen clips and everything uh, in addition to the movie. But you're right. It is. It is. It's. I would tell you, it was. It's distracting. With with you know, it's. It's just. It's just not something we're used to these days. Maybe it worked better with Freddie Mercury than. Uh than Rami. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that was it. You know, uh, but it was it was it was a lot of fun and uh, uh, just great. I, I I tell you, if you've not seen it yet, go see it in a theater because that is it's, yes. it's that it's that feeling that and I, I the rock sound right. It's it's hearing the music played and there's something special when you come to a show with the shot. We come to a show with Nationwide and and you are in that arena and everybody's singing along. Right, yeah. That feeling, it, you're not going to get it at home on your TV. You, when you when you go to the theater and you can hear the crowd all around you and stuff in a great and surround sound theater. Stopping, we will rock you or something. Oh, absolutely! I mean, my gosh, my my hair's standing up now, and we're just talking about it. And I would tell you when the movie was over, I'm I'm a Queen fan, but I'm not a diehard. I could not wait to go home and put on Queen's greatest hits. Yeah. I mean, I got so into the movie and the song. So. When uh, Dave and I have been talking about this movie since actually before it came out, so it's prompted uh, a, a conversation on what are some of the best rock movies of all time, and these are things that we talk about in our everyday life. So we're bringing it to the podcast today, and uh, Stuart has uh, you have some of your favorites as well. You're a big uh, rock music fan, sure. and you have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody, and I'm scolding you right now. I know, I know. And you talked about maybe seeing it on demand. I'm scolding you again, like Dave says. See it in the right, theater. I'll, I'll, I'll go see it in the theater. You've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my back, dude. Yeah. So oh. we all have put together a list of our favorite rock movies of all time, and I will admit that my favorites 
are ones that I do not include movies that I haven't seen, so I don't know. Okay, yeah, sure, fair enough. Know, we all see the list. But before we start, we'll start, uh, I don't know, with, with Stuart maybe? Sure, my, my first well, one. Well, just wait a second, though. Oh. Let's see. <laughs> let's see if you can identify this classic rock movie, and I'm curious if it's on anyone's list. So here's here's the synopsis. The plot revolves around this rock band who uses their superpowers to battle an evil inventor and to save the California Six Flags Magic Mountain Amusement Park Park from destruction. That is that the uh, the Kiss Phantom of the Phantom of the Theater or Phantom what was it Phantom of the Kiss? Yes. Kiss meets the Phantom Kiss. of the Park. There you go. Okay. In yes. 1978. That, did okay. that make your list? It did not make my list. But I have very clear memories of watching that. Uh, yes, I thought it sounded like an old Scooby-Doo episode. Well, it kind of does, and it's kind of <laughs> along those lines. Let me it, just tell you a couple of things not before quite we get, that good. It, no. get into our <laughs> legitimate list. Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, 1978, made for TV. So the quality right Kiss there. Kiss was huge. Up. This was when they were at their, their peak of popularity. Yeah, right. It aired on NBC during the height of their popularity. It's achieved cult status. And because of the poor quality, most Kiss <laughs> fans dislike this film. For years after it aired, no one who worked for the group was allowed to mention the film in the band's presence. Wow. Members of Kiss hated the film for the buffoonish way it made them appear. Ace Frehley said it was so bad, I couldn't stop laughing from the beginning of the movie <laughs> to the end. So that may make the list of some of the worst rock movies of all time. But, Stuart, what's, uh, let's hear some of your best. My first one is a rockumentary, as we joked before we is started. It, you going, you're starting with number one. I'm starting, you're but, starting with number one. My all favorite right. one. Okay. It's Sound City. Sound City. Yeah, it's, it's a documentary about this old recording studio in California that you know, any, anyone from like Fleetwood Mac's first album was recorded there. Um, it was directed by Dave Grohl, so of course I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan, so that's kind of how I got turned on to the movie. But it's just this chronicle of just this old studio and how in the times that music was becoming more electronic and stuff, it was still just this old soundboard and stuff and just that old raw sound that a lot of these artists in the you know 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s were coming back to record. I think Nirvana recorded an album there and several other bands. I don't remember the entire list, but it's it's a really good one. I remember I like hearing it. good things about that. I, I watched wanna, it on I Netflix, and I'm sure it, it comes and goes yeah. in, in their rotation, but that's definitely a good it's one. It's been in my queue. Yes. <laughs> there okay. you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a definitely I mean, good if one. you talk uh, rockumentaries, uh, Eight Days a Week, The Beatles is one of my favorites. I did not include any documentaries on my list. Eight Days a Week, uh, this is it. I really think the Michael Jackson documentary is really good uh, the the wrecking crew is really good so the musicians like glenn campbell and those others and those session musicians but those are good i'm not interrupting you but i'm just chiming in on the That's documentary okay, yeah. side I, I, I like kind of just going around the yeah. around the horn so around the horn if you will yes, yes. okay uh, but mine's a top ten. So yeah, uh, mine too. Uh, uh, all right, so I'll, I'll go ahead. And my my number ten uh, uh, was. I'll, I'll start at the top, my, the bottom of my list, so I can build a little yeah. mystery, right? Okay. So my number uh, ten uh, is a, a, a Prince movie surprise, but it's Sign of the Times. Oh, which is one of the ones that it, you can't find it anywhere. Showtime just has been playing it recently. Um, <laughs> it just finally came back. But this is if you are somebody who never got to see Prince live. Uh, this is the great one of the great films. Roger Ebert on the year it came out called it the "If You Only See One Concert Film, This Should Be the One." Okay, right, and it is a, it captures Prince uh, live in 1987, the height of uh, of his uh, his career in that that mid 80s range, uh, really. And it was a tour that didn't come to America. It's a pretty straightforward concert film. He doesn't play that. He plays one hit, but otherwise, it's all stuff off that album. Oh wow! Uh, but it, it's 
it's that one where if you want to explain to somebody why Prince was a great live performer, this That's movie. It. And there's a little bit of uh, uh, some scripted stuff in there, too. It's, it's a unique movie, but Sign of the Times, Prince, that's, that's number 10 on my list. Okay. I did not include any concert films either. I just I did movies. So I didn't include the Woodstock or Last Waltz or Gimme Shelter or any of those. Uh, so that was just me. Yeah, I, sure. I, I did the actual movies. So, But it's but, interesting in the takes that all three of us have. Um, you're going to roll your eyes at my number 10. But I, th- I got a feeling I'm going to roll my eyes at most of your list. Yeah. Uh, well, I think. <laughs> but number 10. It, Are we going to bring it, up Carol Channing again? It goes back to the 50s, and you just get a feel for what it may have been like then with uh, John Travolta and Olivia Newton John. I put Grease as yeah, my sure. number 10. No, no, I roll and, it at all. Um, yeah, that was my number 10. It's a, it's a great rock movie, right? Because it, it never makes anyone's list, but I think I saw that half a dozen times in the theaters and maybe three different dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a one, and, and every once in a while it comes back on the big screen, and uh, it's, it's fun to, again, see in a theater if you get the chance. It's a yeah. lot of fun. Do you have another one, Stu? Um, I'll throw out Forrest Gump. Yeah, Forrest Gump. I, I like Absolutely. Forrest Gump. It's I mean, that's a heck of a, a soundtrack. It, it is, and that, that's kind of how I think of it as a rock movie, just because they, they, it does such a good job of using the music of the different times to kind of help tell the stories of Forrest and Jenny. And I have seen that on. on the list of the best rock movies of have all time. Have you really? Yeah, actually. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're not alone there. And that, and that is a, uh, was it a three CD set, right? Yes, it was. Back in the days when we used to buy CDs. Yes, and I remember like many, you know, <laughs> wow. back when it came out, I was in high school to, to date myself. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was always in the CD player rotation. It's, you know, you remember the songs come up and, and, you know, my, my oldest daughter watched it a couple years ago, so we tried to watch it once or twice a year, and, and she loves the movie, too. So Yeah, I was in high school, too. Dave? <laughs> Number nine on my list, uh, when I was definitely uh, before my time, but, but one of the great, uh, if you're talking rock movies, and I'm, this may be on your list, Elvis Presley, right? Elvis, is, Elvis has got to make the list, right? So my number nine uh, is what I consider the best of Elvis's uh, rock movies, uh, Viva Las Vegas. Oh, that's a good one. So, and Margaret, right? But it's, it's just, is it a great movie? Absolutely not. But this is, it's, it is so much fun, and it's just a, it's a romp. <laughs> romp. It's a romp, right? Uh, used to call, but it's yeah. just it's a it's a great uh if you're talking about Elvis that's that's a personal favorite. Yeah. Well, Elvis was number nine for me too. Oh really? And you know, he made the same movie about forty times. Right, pretty much, yeah. You know, he just changed careers and maybe a different leading lady. And uh, you know, he wanted to do actually do a Stars Born with Barbara Streisand, but Colonel Parker would not let him. And he wanted to do a serious movie. Um, because he was tired of regurgitating right. these plots <laughs> over and over again. And can you imagine A Star is Born with uh, Elvis and, and Barbara Streisand? I, I mean, I, I, I think it would have been kind of cool. It would have been cool to check uh, out. I yeah. picked uh, uh, Jailhouse Rock. Okay, um, yeah, sure. I needed something to represent Elvis in my mind. And, and maybe his, uh, a lot of critics say Kid Creole was his best uh, uh, movie. Mine, I wrote about Love Me Tender when I was in college, but it's not a rock movie. No. It's, uh, it's his first movie. He was, he was acting, and Love Me Tender is, is performed in the movie, and therefore they changed the title to that because to capitalize on his popularity. So that did not count. So I went with Jailhouse Rock. We both picked Elvis for number nine. Interesting. That's yeah. fun. I like that. Um, next on my list, I'll go The Wedding Singer. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, so you're doing movies with excellent, really cool rock soundtracks, sure. too, included yeah. in there. Yeah. But it is a story of a, a struggling band, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the, you know the Adam Sandler's character and then the, uh, 
the one Arquette character who, you know, is, you know <laughs> Julia Gulia. Yeah, 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 Julia. What's your name going to be? Julia Gulia? <laughs> yeah. That's that's not funny. I I'll just laugh here. thinking about that yeah. movie. Love love the wedding scene. Yeah. Uh, number eight on my list is uh, is Woodstock. Right. I feel okay. like any list of the best rock movies that does include documentaries. Uh, if it, I mean, if it, if it does, yeah. uh, Woodstock is on there for me, right? Because it's just again, it's that peak of uh, that that visual. You know, I'm. That world I didn't know, right, of music that I'm trying to make sure my kids get to know, but that they can, you can kind of get that glimpse of what it was like uh, in those days, and and because it's not just the artists, it's the 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 crowd and the people, and and what a, what a fun, what a great movie. Yeah, uh, you, you'll roll your eyes at me on this one based on what I said <laughs> of a few minutes ago, but I put as number eight Bohemian Rhapsody. If if you take out the uh, fact checking. And just accept it for a, a cool rock and roll movie. What I really liked about it is, yes, it was about Freddie Mercury, but it was also about Queen. And it told the Queen story with Freddie, of course, was the front man. But it also told the story of the band and how they came to be and how they evolved and how they were affected by Freddie's uh, choices and, and life and everything. So um, that is my number eight. It would have it could have made my list, yeah. right? It could have made my list, but I chose not to include it for recency bias, right? Oh, for recency, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll notice I've got an asterisk at the end because that is because of the inaccuracies. All right. So <laughs> it's number eight with, with an asterisk. Number okay. eight. Uh, keeping my theme of, of movies with good music in them, I'm going to go with Dazed and Confused. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely wow. great soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's a lot of fun. Matthew McConaughey, right? Oh, sure. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a great flick. Sure. And but, I mean, yeah, just, just the, the, the actors that, you know, kind of got their start in that movie, it, it, it's, you kind of watch it, and you're like, oh, I didn't realize they're in it. I didn't realize they're in it. And, and that great, it encapsulates that 70s vibe oh, really yeah. well. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, I went with uh, uh, John Lennon Imagine. Oh, wow. Right. Because that, that movie, I, uh, first time I saw it, I was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right, and you walk awesome. into this little room, you know, where you know you don't know what you're gonna. They were just showing, I didn't know it was big clips or whatever it was, but they were showing, and I'd never seen it. And I remember sitting down and I watched the entire. It was it was at least an hour of the movie, okay, because it had already started when I walked in. Uh, and my wife was like, "Aren't we here to see the rest of it?" But it was it's awesome. What a great peek at, at John Lennon and a little bit of the you know the Beatles, but kind of his life and and uh, Yoko and gave me a different appreciation for his uh, his post Beatles life. Oh, that that's great. I, I got chills when I saw that too. It was just was phenomenal. Um, and yeah, when I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame recently, I guess I spent half my time uh, in the Beatles. Uh, area and watching yeah. videos and movies and so much great and stuff all there. that stuff. Yeah, my uh, number seven is um, it, again. This is one where uh, there are a lot of uh, young actors in it that uh, went on to have great careers, and it it uh, ended up uh, prompting the TV series Happy Days. I went with American Graffiti. Yeah, okay. I love the early. I love movies about the early days of rock and roll and Alan Freed and and when this new sound. Uh, kind of hit the airwaves and how kids became mesmerized and parents hated it and all that kind of stuff. It's almost a dazed and confused of a different era. Yeah, of a right? different yeah, era, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Next on my list, which I didn't have it jotted down, but it just came to mind when we were talking about it, is The Temptations. Well, And yeah. so that, you know, it was a made-for-TV thing, and I think it was a four-part thing, and uh, oftentimes when they play it now on TV, they play it in one in one big block, and it kind of goes through just the, you know, their, their beginnings of career on Motown and just the ups and downs they've had, and and then it, you know, oh, kind I didn't of see that. I'll have to check that out. Ends it, the way it does. It made my. I've got a section of honorable mentions. Temptations is okay. on that list. There. <laughs> it really was good. Yeah, it was really good. Number six for me, uh, it was a Talking Heads uh, documentary or concert film, uh, Stop Making Sense, okay. uh, which is a one of the all-time 
best rock uh, like concert live uh, you know live films where you we take a band put them on stage and just record the performance. Uh, uh, Jonathan Dem, I think, say you pronounce yeah. his name right, uh, director Demi. of uh, Demi from Silence of the Lambs and some other great yeah. stuff was the director. What a what a great film. Cap- I never never saw Talking Heads live. Uh, yeah, uh, me but but I feel like he did an awesome movie. Check it out if you get the chance. Yeah. Uh, again, I did not include documentaries, but uh, I'm a fan of them. Again, eight days a week yep. would have been number one or two on my list. Uh, number six on my list is Tommy. Uh, ah, yeah, sure. The, the Who's Tommy. I just get mesmerized by seeing Roger Daltrey and Tina Turner as the <laughs> Acid Queen. And, of course, you know, Elton John as the Pinball well, Wizard. I had no idea. Yeah, he's in that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when he did Pinball Wizard, what I really like about that is that he took what was kind of a – a slower song, a ballad in a way, kind not really a ballad, but the Who does it totally differently than Elton John interpreted yeah, sure. in in that movie. And uh, I, I, it's a weird movie, but I like it a lot. I like the soundtrack for it a lot. Yeah, I have yeah. to revisit the movie. Yeah, revisit the movie. I, I got to like it more after I saw the Broadway, uh, which production. I did really enjoy that. Yeah. So, so Tommy's number six on my list. Sure, and we'll kind of double back to the, all the Bohemian Rhapsody talk we had. Um, next on my list, Wayne's World. Okay. Just from, you know, the iconic scene <laughs> yeah. of them being in the car. And I remember, you know, in, in high school watching that, and, you know, my hair was a little bit longer because it was kind of the time where, you know, had the part down the middle and stuff. And, and you look forward to that part, you know, after the whole, you know, scalamouche, scalamouche, and then, you know, when you <laughs> kind of do the, the headbanging part where everyone did. So, I, you know, you kind of remember that, you know, if you had the long enough hair to be able to do a little bit of headbanging. It was cool. And it was it, it was a great movie, too. It was Bohemian Shwing. Rhapsody. It it, <laughs> it, it it made Bohemian Rhapsody a hit again mm-hmm. on the charts. It won top ten again. Can you believe that? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's crazy how that, that song, when that when Wayne's World came out, I was in radio at the time, and we actually did a stunt where we set up uh, a couple of listeners in the middle of an intersection, kind of like in a, a green space in the middle of a, of a busy road in Oakwood, Ohio, which is a, oh, wow. a, you know, a suburb of Dayton. <laughs> but we were I was doing a morning show in Dayton at the time and we made people dress up as Wayne and Garth and we played Bohemian Rhapsody on a loop for them for four hours and made them sit and like lip sync along and, and bob their heads oh for a chance gosh. to win tickets to some dumb show or whatever. It's funny it was, that song that record executives said would never be a hit now is it's been a hit twice by Queen. Uh Zach Brown uh does it in their their set. Uh, the Muppets uh, do a killer version. The Muppets <laughs> do a version. Uh, Panic of the Disco actually had a big hit. Uh, with their version of it. It was in Suicide Squad, the movie. So interesting. All right. Uh, Next on my list, uh, uh, back to the the Beatles, their final appearance on my list uh, with Let It Be, which is uh, another movie that's that's fallen out of circulation, but you can find it on, I just watched it on YouTube recently. Really? Uh, And it's, again, it's a great peek at the uh, the band uh, uh, recording uh, that album and kind of of the disintegration of that band. Totally the disintegration. But but what a a privilege to be able to peek behind the scenes at 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 that band. Yeah, my number five is Almost Famous. And um, it's it's uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just like that movie a lot. And what's interesting about it, too, and not because Tiny Dancer is in it, but Tiny Dancer, when it was released in 1971, was not a hit. It only made it to number 41. And uh, most people consider hits if it makes the top 40. So Tiny Dancer is now an Elton John classic. But it was not when it was first released off the Madman Across the Water album. This movie made it a hit. And now it's one of those songs that if he doesn't do it in concert, uh, oh yeah, fans right. are very yeah, disappointed. Absolutely. Almost Famous was, a, was to me is is really a fun movie. Yep, agreed. Can't talk movies about rock without School of Rock, in my opinion. Yeah, it's such a such a great movie. Jack Black and <laughs> and you know the, the the kid and you know it actually spawned uh, most recently a, a series on Nickelodeon. I know that my kids like to watch um, you know an actual series School of Rock. So 
just such a fun movie. Just, the ending you know. credit sequence for that, where they're doing uh, "It's a Long Way to the Top," yes, uh, is one of the my favorite. I, I we actually uh, 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 burned that, and we listen to that in the car sometimes. Sure. It's so much, so much fun. Love that movie. Yeah. So you guys can smack me. The reason it didn't make my list, and I don't, I don't know if it would have, <laughs> is because I've never seen it. Oh, okay. I well, you add it to the list. I, I need to see that. Yeah, yeah. it's a great one. Uh, next on my list, uh, uh, number four is Pink Floyd's The Wall. Okay. Right, because uh, uh, this was such a rite of passage. Every, somebody had an older brother who would who would be into Pink Floyd and would pass it down to you, and you got to check this out. And and it is uh, Bob Geldof uh, with a great performance there before all his uh, his Live Aid uh, uh, fun there. One of the most depressing. Horrible movies that it just every time I watch it I feel terrible about myself I feel terrible about the world, uh, but God what a great movie I can only watch it on spe- but special occasions but yeah. it's it's awesome you know Roger Walter w- Walters Roger <laughs> Waters from Pink Floyd was supposed to play the lead role but apparently he was so horrible in the auditions and the early process that they got uh, Bob Geldof to to play the role I so did not know that Roger know Waters that. did not get to be in his own yeah movie basically uh number four on my list is the buddy holly story yeah sure. Uh, i think that movie is just great and the whole story behind uh, uh the way he made it uh to his great success to his tragic end it's it's a compelling story and uh, it's a great history of not only buddy holly but rock and roll at the time okay uh, that's sounds like another one i need to add to my list i'm finding all these movies i need to add <laughs> to my list um next one that thing you do yeah, sure. I, I like. I really enjoy that movie. Tom Hanks. Tom and, Hanks. Um, I, Steve's on in it as well. Just you know, um, I can't think of the other guy's name. Um, Thomas something, or he's 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 one of those guys with three names. I think. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, I think. It um, <laughs> but yeah, so just just a funny movie, great movie, just a, kind of that that era of rock and roll. Just the you know the the you know the snare and the cymbal, and just dun, dun, and a great dun, soundtrack dun. too, right? Oh, because absolutely. So many times they go back and they do a movie where they try to recreate that sound or, or have like sounded like songs, and and this one they really nailed it. It was it was it's awesome. That's they great. did. I mean, the title song was a was a big hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, number uh, three for me, uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, the Blues Brothers. Oh, I almost put Blues yeah. Brothers. I just missed my list. It's a love letter to Chicago, uh, where I spent a portion of my life. But it's also just a love letter to uh, to the blues and Aretha Franklin and, and and James Brown and Cab Calloway and just so many great musical performances. Plus a ridiculous storyline with, with with the Nazis, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's just an absolute uh, classic. I love 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 Blues Brothers. Yeah, you know what uh, that is in. As Billboard would say, it was bubbling under for me. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, for number three, for me, I picked Purple Rain. Um, I just it's it's classic. It, and, and depending on the day, it could be higher. I'll reserve comment for now. Yeah. My shifting, uh, you know, the the positions of each of these movies shifted each day. So yeah. at this moment in time, I put Purple Rain number three, and I mean, it's Prince at its best. I think. Agreed. His, his Completely agree. Probably, you know, his his greatest album, a great live performance. He was a great actor. Um, I think he surprised a lot of people that he could actually act in addition to perform live, mm-hmm. which in a sense, I guess, is a way of acting. But there have been a lot of uh, musicians that just can't act. It was <laughs> it was a terrific movie, and uh, so it's number three for me. Well, unfortunately, this is the last one on my list for now. But maybe if I think of something else, but The Doors. Uh, absolutely, it's yeah. on my bubbling under here too. My so you know, just uh, um, Val, Val, Kilmer. Val Kilmer and just uh, you know, I, I you know uh, I can't remember the line, but it's you know instead of uh, 
girl, we couldn't get much higher. It's like, girl, can't we get much better? And then, you know, of course, <laughs> then, you know, he, he doesn't say it. And, it's, you know, the controversy around that. But, yeah, it's good, <laughs> a good flick. It's, it's an awesome, movie. awesome movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Big, uh, big fan of that one. Uh, number two for me, uh, Almost Famous. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I absolutely agree with you in that it, what I love about Almost Famous is it, it captures, it, it very accurately captures that concert feeling. But it, more than important than that, it captures, it's the best movie I've seen that captures what it's like to be a music fan. To actually, totally that, there's that line of when you love a song so much that it hurts. They're just standing there and crew catering, talking, and and to me, that that movie is so much of why I wanted to get into this business and and almost famous. Absolutely, absolutely love it. And we can relate to that because you and I have this conversation all the time that sometimes we just love certain music and sometimes it gets even emotional, which is embarrassing to admit. Yeah. But you know. But that movie embraces that. Yeah. And it's it made really by does. Cameron Crowe, uh, a director who understands the use of music in films perhaps better than any other director. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So my number two, I picked uh, This Is Spinal Tap, which kind of. Uh, Takes a look at the whole yeah sure <laughs> music industry and concert industry and in the very uh, unique way of of, of those uh, crazy guys so that that is my number two and uh, it's number one on a lot of lists it made it number two on mine it's a it's a it's a great movie and that along with uh, is was it uh, Walk Hard Dewey Cox yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, both I mean great uh, rock you know f- yeah. uh, you know uh, fake rockumentaries uh, <laughs> which really parody the the genre and do it do sure. it oh so well they do yeah they really do. Any others, uh, Stu? Or no, I'm excited to hear the, num- the number ones. Your number one? I, it's, it, was in, it was Gary's number th- three, Purple Rain. Okay. I, uh, and you know I had to put it number one, right? I've got to put it number one. But I really feel like it, it's, again, it's a movie Wait, that, wait till you hear my number one. Okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> number one, uh, uh, Purple Rain, I just feel like it, it captures... Uh, 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 it was such a big era right at that 83 window when it was being filmed of uh, music videos exploding and live music scene. And Prince created... He was creating this universe with... The, with the time and Apollonia, right. and just a great live uh, concert performances, along with it with a compelling story. Uh, huge fan. Uh, uh, my opinion, definitely the best. But that's you know, being a huge Prince fan, I may be prejudiced. Well, you you are a huge Prince fan, but I didn't include Under the Cherry Moon on my list or Graffiti <laughs> Bridge. So I'm not that I'm not that blind. Uh-huh. And it was like a two-hour music video in a way. Yeah, absolutely. With Except the differences, unlike a lot of music videos, it had a great storyline and it just it was really terrific. Yeah. I mean, it's no, I mean, you can't argue with with it being number one on your list. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a definitely a favorite. Number one on my list uh, is a movie that was directed by the same guy that uh, directed Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's called Rocket Man. It's not even out yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm intis- that better be a good movie. Yeah, because I am dying to see it. it comes out in May, and of course it's the. Uh, story of Elton John, and they say it's kind of a fantasy story. Which so I like because it gets him off the hook for some of the things that we hold Queen uh, yeah. down for. So, so we'll have to see yeah. about that. So I am looking forward to that, and uh, I'm hoping that that will make my list someday down the road when we revisit this, maybe. But my number one movie is one that I saw in college, and I'd never seen it before. It ended up making uh, uh, the acquaintance, I guess you'd say, of, of, uh, of somebody that would become one of my best friends, and, and uh he was on my dorm floor, and uh, now he and his wife are two of my best friends. But we met both at this theater on campus at Illinois State University to check out this movie, and it was called A Hard Day's Night. Yeah. And it was just awesome. And I left. I just went to see it by myself. I was new. It was at the beginning of the school year, and I didn't know anybody. And uh, ended up walking back, and I recognized this guy who ended up living on my dorm floor, and we talked about the Beatles, and we haven't stopped. And uh, we're both music lovers. He's a musician. I can't 
play or sing a note. So I'm from the fan side, but we come together like you know, like you and I do when we talk about music, or Stu and I when we talk about that stuff. And there, it it may be part of the memory of how cool that movie was, in addition to the fact that um, it was the first movie that they kind of wanted to throw together just to get some Beatles music out there and kind of capitalize on what Elvis was doing, and it turned out to be a pretty good movie. It is a great movie. Critics uh, uh, agree that it's it was actually. Definitely the best of the uh, the Beatles films, well, including yeah. you know Help and you know Yellow Submarine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know it, it is it really it captures the Beatles at that uh, at that right moment. Yeah, so that's my number one. Um, I, I will I will be surprised that Star Is Born didn't make your list. It, it didn't make mine for the same reason I didn't include Bohemian Rhapsody because of recency bias. Yeah, I have uh, right here honorable mentions. Sure, go ahead. And I have uh, Star Is Born, but I have the Streisand Christopherson uh, oh, version. Yeah, I do. Bradley Cooper and Gaga were, were it was fine. Uh, if you wanted to include, I, I'd, I'd accept Judy Garland, but I will not accept Streisand. It uh, it uh, may, maybe the new one is still too new to to comprehend it. But uh, I think Christopherson played a great rock star. Christopherson did, yes. And uh, I, I just like that story. I also put in honorable mention, uh, I Walk the Line, which some could say is country, but it's early days I, of rock and roll. No, I, I, you know, that would almost be my list because yeah. the performance thing with Joaquin and, and Reese, uh, uh, just it's awesome. Just phenomenal. And I love that. It's a good soundtrack, too. It's a good soundtrack and a great movie. Um, I, uh, I put on uh, La Bamba, which yep. I really like that movie. Uh, Love and Mercy, the Brian Wilson story. I really like that I movie too. That. It's it's really good. Uh, Great Balls of Fire, story of Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, the tempta- <coughs> excuse me, the Temptations. So those made it. My concert movies. I put uh, Last Waltz, Woodstock, uh, Concert for Bangladesh with George Harrison, yep. which I really loved. Give me Shelter. Those are some of mine. But I didn't put them on my overall list. Um, I, had, I was had I did have Last Waltz and I scratched it out, uh, but I do love that. And documentaries, uh, I put the the Wrecking Crew, uh, Wrecking Crew, which is about the session musicians, which is great. Uh, Elvis, the way it is. This is after love, his comeback special. That one, yeah. That's really great about him making yep. his comeback on the concert yep. stage. Uh, this is at Michael Jackson in Eight Days a Week, the Ron Howard Beatles thing. The only thing that ruins Eight Days a Week for for me is that Ron Howard put Whoopi Goldberg in there. And I feel like she's just lying throughout the whole thing. <laughs> I don't think find her to be a credible source. She claims when she was a little kid that her mom took her to see the Beatles and uh, at Shea Stadium, and I just don't believe her for a second. I I, I, w- I will <laughs> behind the scenes. I will tell you that this is like the eighth time I've heard Gary be upset about this. <laughs> he really does not like Whoopi Goldberg in that movie. <laughs> but you're fine with her other places. She claims just... <laughs> there's an old joke, and and we do have to get going here. But but there's an old joke that people say. <laughs> <laughs> about it's a generational thing. Said, did you know that Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings? Well, Whoopi Goldberg told that joke on The View one time, and she claimed that she said it first. And give <laughs> me a break. She ruins all credibility uh, with me. Well, it's like the joke when Kanye West, you know, they they had the thing. It's like, well, it's nice of them to give this Paul McCartney guy a, cha- a shot to yes, do Yes, right. Something. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, okay, come on. So, it's Paul McCartney. So that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. And, and Stu, I like. I really liked your angle of some stuff, too, of the of the movies that when you think about them, you know, you think about that 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 soundtrack that you mm-hmm. have have with it and you know again maybe it's maybe it's Gardens of the Galaxy for for some of the more recent folks uh, has the has the great soundtracks uh, but there's so many 
uh, uh, great things. As you started that, I kept thinking about all the other awesome rock soundtracks I had in my collection. You know, whether it was again, you know, Footloose, uh, you know, or, or, or Breaking, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. But they're you know just those things that encapsulated that moment and and uh, really uh, lived that era. So, so we could we could do a whole other segment. We we could. Why don't we take a quick break yeah. here and then uh, before we say goodbye, let's uh, run down just a couple of the events coming up within this next month here at the Schottenstein Center and Nationwide Arena. We'll do that coming up. New Kids on the Block, live, the Mixtape Tour. An incredible night of your mixtape favorites with salt and Peppa, Tiffany, Debbie Gibson, and Naughty by Nature. Saturday, June 22nd, Schottenstein Center. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com and NKOTB.com. New Kids on the Block. Global pop sensation, Ariana Grande, live in concert. The Sweetener World Tour 2019. Schottenstein Center, April 10th, with very special guests. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. The number one selling album, Sweetener, is available everywhere. There's more at arianagrande.com. And uh, Ariana Grande, that's uh, g- actually a good opportunity to talk about her show. Yeah, you know, uh, it did reschedule, so we have a brand new uh, date for that show. It is now July 1st. Uh, Ariana's going to headline uh, at Coachella, and so she did have to juggle a couple of dates to make that work. Uh, uh, ours was one, so we are uh, moving the show to July, and the tickets that for the uh, April show uh, will be honored. So no need to exchange anything, uh, no need to uh, worry about your seat. You just bring the same ticket the same night, or, you know, a different night, uh, yeah. a couple months later, and we'll have, we'll have the show, which is... It's going to be awesome. And you're all good. Of course, if you ever need concert or ticket information, uh, visit the website, schottensteincenter.com or nationwidearena.com. Of course, you know, as the arena guy, I'm going to ask you to follow the arena guy on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, at underscore the arena guy, um, and on YouTube. And, and uh, of course, subscribe to this podcast. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's the big thing is subscribe and then comment. Uh, give us a rating there. Uh, we love those uh, those ratings and uh, helps us uh, helps other people find the podcast and and uh, share the uh, the fun of what's happening uh, in live music and, and entertainment here in Columbus. In Columbus, and we love talking behind the scenes. And Speaking just, of uh, behind the scenes, let me ask Stu. Yeah. Do you, you know, you're a good day Columbus. Obviously, you see a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have a public social media account that you kind of share some stuff on that you want people to follow? Yeah, Stuart J Osborne. Um, that's O S B O R N E. Um, that's uh, Twitter, also uh, Instagram. I don't post a lot on Instagram, mostly Twitter. I'm kind of a Twitter guy, just being in the news and stuff. We get um, some GDC backstage uh, yeah. insight. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I get to, you know, if I get to meet someone cool like Dave Ruttelberger at, uh, you know, behind <laughs> what the about scenes, the arena or, guy, and Letterman. the arena guy. No, oh, no, save the best for last. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well done. Well yeah. done. Yes, yeah, so. good recovery. Yeah. Hey, uh, a lot of a lot of great stuff coming up here in the uh, next couple of months at, at the at the arenas. Uh, would like to talk about when we already mentioned, uh, you know, Crystal coming up. Yes, and you're drinking uh, your water out of a Cirque du Soleil mug. I uh, am. Let me mention that Stewart out of Fleetwood Mac, one of the great shows <laughs> of, of the recent months, and of course I've got my arena guy mug. So just a little uh, tidbit there. But let's run down just a few of the shows coming up uh, through February. Uh, and, yeah, and Cirque du Soleil Crystal, Crystal is uh, January 23rd through the 27th at, uh, at Nationwide Arena. We're real excited to have those guys back. The show is selling extremely well, uh, but there are still uh, some great seats available for all the performances. Excellent. Share on uh, 
February 10th at Nationwide Arena. This is her fifth farewell tour. Yes, but... Uh, we uh, say that tongue-in-cheek, but it's phenomenal. We're so happy she's back. We are, and Niall Rogers opening the show, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and it's going to be one of those nights with hit after hit after hit. Uh, we'll follow it up with the world's toughest rodeo a few days later after Cher leaves. We'll throw some dirt down on the floor, uh, bring, the, bring the rodeo in along with uh, musical guest Chris Lane. Yes, and that is, when is that? that February is 16th. At Nationwide Arena. At Nationwide Arena. And then Luke Combs. This is like a success story that I, I, you just can't even imagine. We, we thought it would be very popular, but just out of the box, huge. And he's nominated for Best New Artist of the Grammys next month. And uh, he'll be at the Schottenstein Center on February 22nd. Yeah, uh, that show is, uh, tickets are tough for that one. Yeah. But again, follow, follow the uh, arena on, uh, on social media and we'll let you know if anything gets released. A lot of times that happens on the day of the show. Uh, a couple days after that, Travis Scott, yeah. he's performing at the Super Bowl. Uh, but then uh, a couple weeks later, he'll be here at the Schottenstein Center, February 24th, the Astro World Tour. And uh, uh, I have some good backstage stuff I'm working on for that one that I will talk about in our February podcast. Yeah. And uh, actually, I am too a little oh, bit. Oh, are you? Okay. So, so I didn't We'll, we'll combine our forces. I didn't even know that. Yeah, All right, I didn't so. know you were either. Yeah, some <laughs> yeah, so we'll have some. We'll have some definitely some big stuff for that. <laughs> okay, so again, you can find out uh, what's happening with what Dave and I just talked about. Or we've got shows booked, and they're added all the time, but booked through summer and even Yeah, even i got to tell you, we got about six shows that are on the verge of announcing any moment, so stick around for yeah. details. So follow uh, the, the Arena Guy on Facebook and, and uh, the Schottenstein Center or Nationwide Arena uh, Facebook for breaking concert news, which Dave and I do when the big concert announcements are made, and we'll get the word out. And next month is the Academy Awards. It's the Grammy Awards, too. We're going to talk a lot about uh, the big uh, movies from the past year. We'll talk about the Academy Awards. We might even make our own predictions. And there are a lot of music-related nominations as well, so we'll talk about that uh, next month on the Arena Guys Backstage Pass uh, podcast with Gary the Arena Guy and Dave Rettelberger. <laughs> uh, Stu, thank you so very much for joining us today. We appreciate having you here and uh, being part of the show and share, sharing your list and all that great stuff. Uh, the Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast hosted by Gary the Arena Guy and me, Dave Ruttleberger. Executive producers Aaron Thomas and Jordan Fair. Producer Oliver Zapata Ramirez. We want to thank our special guest Stuart Osborne and check out his work every morning as the producer of Good Day Columbus. And remember, listen to and subscribe to the Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast with the Arena Guy and Dave Ruttleberger on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. And there are so many great shows coming to the shot Nationwide Arena and Ohio Stadium. We'll see you there.